0: This is Marathon Training Academy, episode
1: 315. Welcome to the Marathon Training Academy podcast, where we empower and inspire you to go the distance. I'm Trevor.
0: And I'm Angie.
1: In this episode, we speak with Florian Neuschwander, a German runner who just set the world record for fastest 50K on a treadmill. Plus, Angie shares tips on how to stay fit when you're confined to your house or self-isolating. And just a heads up, we are doing a virtual race in lieu of all these canceled races around the world. It's called the Social Distancing Run. To participate and learn more about it, just go to marathontrainingacademy.com forward slash social. You can actually register for free if you want to uh, participate and be part of our group. Or if you want to get the finisher's medal that we designed for this, which is pretty amazing medal, i got to say. And you can chime in, right?
0: Well, since you uh, designed it, I suppose you do think it's special. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Straight from the mind of this genius right here. Uh You can also register to get the medal and we'll ship it out to you wherever you live, anywhere in the world. And Angie, what is the idea behind a virtual race?
0: Well, unfortunately, pretty much our race calendars have been wiped clean for, you know, it's hard to know how long, but definitely through the spring. And a lot of people have been training for the last several months for races. And obviously, the fitness is not going to go to waste. But we want to give people an avenue to be able to run those races if they so choose. Uh, People can choose any distance 5k and above and get a cool medal be part of a community and you know make use of that fitness
1: yeah definitely so in the last 10 days or so this thing has just exploded it's amazing and we so far we've had 2,820 people register for this race
0: wow that's awesome so
1: (laughs) so check it out at marathontrainingacademy.com forward slash social to learn more about the social distancing run of 2020 and we're doing it from now till the end of may if you are looking for another way to challenge yourself and use the fitness that you've built up and run in honor of your unrun race, just go to marathontrainingacademy.com forward slash social to find out more about that. And big thanks to everyone who has signed up already. Yeah, Angie, between this episode and last episode, the Pittsburgh Marathon got canceled. Because remember last time we were talking about how we hoped it wouldn't get canceled. Right. And also we heard that the Barkley Marathons got canceled. So what does it mean, Angie, when the toughest marathon on earth... So tough that it hasn't even had any people finish it successfully for the last couple of years. What does it mean when that marathon is canceled?
0: Times are tough. That's all I can say.
1: <laughs> Times are tough, but we are here for you guys and just going to keep the positive vibes going best we can. That's one reason we had behind uh, launching this virtual run. I wasn't actually looking to do a virtual run. It's There are a lot of work and we always do ours in the fall. But so many people were like, hey, can you do a virtual run right now? So we're like, all right.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's important to draw close to your community right now and do things that's going to boost your mood, boost your physical health, and give us a sense that we're all in this together.
1: So hopefully this interview with Florian will be an encouragement to you guys. And then once you hear about how far he was able to run on the treadmill, maybe it'll make your treadmill running that you're doing now a little less grueling because you got to think, at least I'm not doing this for three hours straight, right? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) At full capacity. Before we jump into that, we've got some shout outs we want to give. So Angie is going to take it away.
0: We got a nice email from Danny. She says, Hey guys, I started listening to your podcast in the last 18 months as I became a marathoner. My wife Amy and her sister Kitty were training for a BQ and I joined in the training. The reason I'm actually reaching out to you is for Kitty. She is struggling now to get another BQ after some life challenges that included open heart surgery at age 40. I listened to your episode where you highlighted some of your favorite books. Kitty just self-published one about her journey, and I think you'd like it. It's inspiring, and she also follows your podcast. Her book is called Sometimes Courage by Kitty Robinson. She's quite an amazing lady that has changed my life in so many ways. Thanks for inspiring me, and keep up the great work. And I will say that Kitty sent me a book along with a nice note and I was able to read it. And it is quite the amazing story of someone who has gone through a lot, including brain surgery, open heart surgery, and just really leans on her faith and just a never give up spirit. So if you're looking for an interesting read about someone who's really just continuing to challenge themselves despite the struggles that life throws their way, uh, Sometimes Courage by Kitty Robinson. This note comes from Ashley. She says, Hi, Angie and Trevor. I discovered your podcast after running the Rock and Roll Half Marathon in San Antonio in December. I just missed seeing Trevor, and I've been binge listening to the podcast since then. I began training for the Run the Alamo Race here in San Antonio. Listening to your podcast really made me dial in on my nutrition and goal setting. I now view food as fuel and keep my cross-training and rest days a priority. I finished the Run the Alamo Half Marathon in March in 2 hours, 15 minutes, and 48 seconds. New PR. Not only that, I'm officially registered for the Houston Marathon next January, and I inspired my boyfriend to run his first ever 5K. We really are changing our lives. Thanks again. And that comes from Ashley.
1: Thank you for the nice note, Ashley. Sorry I missed you at the San Antonio Rock and Roll Marathon and half. That seems like such a long time ago. (laughs) It does. It was just in December, though.
0: I think the beginning of March feels like a long time ago.
1: Yeah. This last week has been the longest month of our lives.
0: That's right. (laughs) It's produced a lot of good memes too, which humor can be a great way to cope during times of stress and uncertainty. That's right. This note says, Hi Angie and Trevor, I just wanted to say I love your podcast. It's gotten me through hundreds of miles over these last few years. I started listening back in 2013 while training for a half marathon and was eventually convinced to go for a marathon in 2016, where I ran the San Francisco Marathon in four hours and 22 minutes. After several years of focusing on the half marathon and overcoming injury, I was finally able to tackle the marathon again at the Snickers Marathon. It was hard, and I took a tumble at mile 18 with a rolled ankle and even passed out at the finish but i finished in three hours 28 minutes and 29 seconds and earned a bq thank you guys for inspiring me to push when it gets hard and still have fun and that comes from jessica well
1: that's a fantastic finish time three twenty-eight twenty-nine. awesome bq jessica at the snickers marathon in georgia
0: And this last note comes from Heather in the Academy. She says, I just wanted to thank MTA coach Jennifer for getting me in PR shape. Although my race was canceled, I ran with a friend instead. That's what it's really about. And she ran her second fastest half ever on this training run. Love it. So there's still people out there getting it done, even though their races were canceled and still challenging themselves. And it's just really exciting to be part of a community who, you know, just gets stronger through challenges.
1: Yeah, that's right. So congrats to all of you out there just doing the best you can given the circumstances, still taking action in your health and trying to balance it all. We hope you enjoy this interview with Florian Neuschwander. He's an elite German runner. He goes by the nickname Flo and he just set a world record on the treadmill running a 50k in under three hours. His official time was 2.57.25 and this episode was recorded back in February. So it was before, you know, any of the lockdowns and travel restrictions and before things got really bad here in the U.S. and Europe. So that's the reason why we don't really allude to the coronavirus in this interview.
0: Which maybe people would be glad for a break, (laughs) the 24-7 news cycle about it.
1: I've been wanting to get more international voices on the podcast, and you'll have to indulge me because I do try to practice my German with them a little bit. Angie was kind of rolling her eyes a little bit at that. (laughs) He's a 220 marathoner. He's an ultra runner sponsored by ON. Uh, So in this conversation, we're going to ask him how the Rocky Mountains here in the U.S. compare with running in the Alps. Um, You're going to hear him refer to UTMB, the Ultra Trail du Mont Blanc, which is the most prestigious ultra marathon in Europe. And by the way, we spoke to the winner of last year's UTMB. You can still find that in the podcast feed. Look for the interview with Courtney DeWalter about Exploring the Pain Cave was a great interview. And you're also going to hear mentioned in the conversation Steve Prefontaine. He was a runner in Oregon who went to the uh, Olympics when the Olympics were held in Munich. But he was a sort of famous countercultural figure of the 1970s, back when long-distance running was kind of a rebellious thing to do. And there's been a couple movies about him. Unfortunately, he he died in a car accident, died young, like really at the, the prime of his career. But if you've ever seen a picture of Steve Prefontaine, and better yet, if you've seen a video of him running, I mean, it's just like poetry in motion. The guy ran at full capacity and, and ran with so much guts. And uh, Florian actually has a tattoo of Steve Prefontaine on his arm and some other really cool running tattoos. He's probably got the coolest running tattoos we've ever seen.
0: They're pretty awesome.
1: So a little bit of context. All right, so here's that interview with German runner Florian Neuschwander. We're on the podcast now with Florian Neuschwander. Nice to meet you.
2: Yeah, it's good to be here. First time uh, for me uh, in an American podcast.
1: So,
0: Well, we're excited to be the first to have you on a podcast here. I think yeah, it'll be cool. the first of many.
1: <laughs> so you've been to the U.S. a few times and have run some races over here, like Western States, right?
2: Yes, I did the Western States. I did uh, Trans Rockies run in Colorado.
1: Did you win that?
2: Uh, yes, I won that one
1: tell us about that race i don't I haven't heard much about that one
2: uh it's in Colorado. I think the start is in Buena Vista and it was um six stage race and uh yeah, it was quite nice. I won a ticket for the just for the three days and then I said, okay, I don't fly over to Colorado to do just three days so <laughs> I said I want to do the six days, but I was not really prepared for the altitude, especially mm. for the high altitude i mean uh I never train in high altitude so I just uh, pushed the first day really hard and won this one in front of Rob Krar and some other guys so
1: tough competition Rob Krar Wow
2: uh, yeah, but he was in a team he was running in a team so okay but I had a in the first day already 11 minutes um, a lead so and in the end I could could hold it or I, in the end I had half an hour in front of the second guy.
0: That's amazing, coming from not having trained at elevation. It just shows that, you know, your physical fitness was able to translate so well, too. That's tough. I mean, I've run at elevation a little bit, and I felt like I was breathing through a straw.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, I I don't know why, but uh, until 3,000 meters altitude, it was okay. When over 3,000, I really, uh, I was feeling the altitude, but under 3,000, it was kind of okay for me.
1: (laughs) So how do you think, this is a question I've always wanted to ask, because you live in Bavaria, correct? Yes. How how do you think the Rockies compared to the Alps in uh, runnability?
2: Yeah, it's totally different. I mean, you see that already also in uh, UTMB, all the Americans want to go for a top three position, but they, I think, never uh, American wonder UTMB. So it's always the Europeans, but for the Americans, yeah, it's not
1: quite easy. Courtney DeWalter won it last year for the... Yeah,
2: she, she won it, yes, right. For the she women's right. side. She she won it, but the men's... Yeah,
1: yeah not I, so. I
2: think it's, it's totally different. I mean, the temperature and you have uh, really cold uh, nights out there. And I mean, in Colorado, yeah, it can be cold as well, but somehow uh, it's easier to run in, uh, in America. <laughs> 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 no, you- for me, it was also... I, I did the Sean O'Brien 100K and won that one. I won the Trans Rockies even if it was quite hot and warm, Mm -hmm. but I like the temperatures more. And for me also, it's more difficult to run in wet and really cold conditions and then up, down, up, down, muddy, uh, wet, snow and whatever. It's tougher. Yeah,
0: takes a toll on your body. Yeah, I agree. So I'm interested. Take us back. I mean, you've been running for around 20 years or more. How did you first start running? I mean, obviously you didn't just start out doing ultras.
2: No, I just started like a normal track athlete. So I was doing 800 and 1500 and 5000 meter on the track. And yeah, but it was kind of boring to run (laughs) just in circles. And uh, yeah, I started in 1997. But yeah, but I'm still um, excited when I go out to run. And I lived in London in 2008. And then uh, I read a book, The Ghost Runner. And that was a guy, he won uh, some money was a boxing competition, but then just, I don't know, 15 pounds. And then he uh, decided to to quit uh, boxing and then he started running a little bit and he wanted to compete in competitions. But because he earned money in the boxing thing, uh, he was not allowed to start in a running competition. It was like like pre-Fontaine, I think it was the same thing. When you get money in this time, uh, you were counted as a pro pro athlete, Mm -hmm. and then you you were not not able to run uh, like olympic games and stuff right and then he decided to start after the gun he went just in the race he was hiding behind a tree and then he just (sighs) Went in and, and won some races, but without the starting number. And then they called this guy the Ghost Runner, but nobody knew who he is. And then he started running and ultra, Ultras as well. And his big goal was to win the Comrades Marathon in South Africa. And yeah, it was an interesting story. And then I decided to run uh, Ultras as well.
1: So do they, they finally figured out who the Ghost Runner is? Yeah, yeah. That
0: sounds like an inspiring book. That's neat. I've never
1: heard of that book. I need to check it out. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. Good book.
0: You mentioned being inspired by uh, Steve Prefontaine. In fact, your personal style reminds me a lot of him. Talk about, I mean, how he became one of your heroes um, and, you know, maybe a little bit about him for people who maybe have never heard of him before.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was also that time when I was working in London. I worked in a running shop and there was this big, Huge picture in black and white of Prefontaine. And then I was thinking, oh, this guy looks fast and interesting <laughs> with his long hair and the mustache. And then I read about him and I watched the movies uh, Without Limits. And there's one other one, Prefontaine, I think mm-hmm. it's from Walt Disney or whatever. And um, two movies and read the, all the books. And then I was already inspired how he, he did his front running style, just he gave always his best and then uh, it was totally my or, or is totally my running style. I always try to give my best. And even if I lose, I don't care. I would just want to give my best. And In the beginning of my running career, I was also like a really wide runner and running from the front all the time. But <laughs> I still do that. But yeah, <laughs> he's a, he was or is an inspiring person. And he's also on my arm here.
0: Wow. <laughs> That's an awesome tattoo. That's really good. All right. So
1: for everyone that, that can't see this, obviously, uh, you guys are listening via audio right now if you're listening to this. And for those that haven't seen a picture of Florian, he, first of all, he's got this awesome mustache-like uh, prefontaine. <laughs> Und uh, Florian, ich habe gerade das Wort for Mustache heute gelernt. Das Wort ist <laughs> Schnurbart. Nicht wahr? Schnur- Schnurbart. Yes. A line, a lined beard, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> So the word for mustache, I think if you look at the etymology of the word, it's a, it's a lion, schnur, and bart, beard, a lion beard.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I love the German language. The words are so logical. <laughs> and um, Vinny's got this tattoo sleeve on his uh, right arm with a picture of Prefontaine, and there's some running quotes. Can you tell us what else is on your, your sleeve?
2: Yes. Yeah, at first, I started with just run. Yeah run on the back and then I was okay run is a little bit boring and then <laughs> I did this one here This is uh, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift
1: and that's a Prefontaine quote
2: yes mm-hmm. this one and then I said okay I can't have a quote without his head <laughs> on my arm let's <laughs> go all I the put, way <laughs> and then I find a, found, found a guy, a tattoo guy and I also got you can't read this really it's because it's like like graphic style but mm-hmm. um, it's the beginning of another quote of brief it's, on it's more than just a race it's being creative
0: ah, yeah. that's a good one
2: but it's a, a, a really long one but I just put it's it's more than just a race it's being creative and I've got Roger Bannister here
0: oh um, nice that looks really good Roger wow. Bannister
1: and yeah it gives Angie some ideas because Angie wants to get a sleeve a full sleeve <laughs> she's got a couple smaller tattoos but there
2: you go it was not planned as a sleeve it was just i don't know i had two and then i thought okay now a sleeve maybe looks better and then put the other other stuff around
0: yeah it looks really good together i mean your artist did a great job and just kind of you know making it flow together which of course is your nickname flow right (laughs) (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) run with the flow so where in bavaria do you live
2: i live in incel that's near salzburg okay so in the right corner in the east next to austria i'm born in um saarland that's a very small part next to france okay the left corner and then i lived in uh, in uh, frankfurt for a couple of years and then yeah we moved here to bavaria that i can uh, train more in the mountains and hopefully i will qualify for western states again mm-hmm. in the next two years maybe
1: so you you ran western states once and but you placed pretty good for your first time 35th overall yeah. wasn't it
2: Let's say I finished <laughs> somehow.
0: But, I think that's very impressive.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. I
2: mean, 100 miles is so long. Yes. I had like like Jim Wormsley and some other people. Uh, if yes. you do 100 miles for the first time, it's always tough. And if you have not the best day, then it's really, it will get a long day. So, and I had a long day with 20 and a half hours, I think. But mm. I think I can easily do... If my body gets used to it, I could do like four hours minimum faster. But as always, you need to get used to it. And at the moment, my favorite distance is 50 to 100k, but 100 miles is completely different. It's so long.
0: (laughs) So do you usually train by yourself or do you have training partners or support crew? How does that work?
2: Um, Most of the time by myself. But um, if uh, some other friends go for a run, maybe they call me. So this morning, for example, um, a friend of mine, he called me, uh, what do you do this morning? I said, okay, <laughs> normally recovery because the 50K is just six days. It was last week, the 50K world record on the treadmill. So um, he asked me, what do you do? I said, oh, I don't know, easy running. <laughs> I go for, And then he said, I go for a three-hour straight run. And okay, I, I join you. <laughs> and then we went for a three-hour, uh, 30, 34K with some vertical meters in the snow this morning was quite
1: nice. You were talked into that really easily.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can see how you keep your training fresh. You just kind of going spontaneously going and with the flow, making it fun.
1: Yeah.
2: That's maybe also secret why I'm already running since 23 years. Yeah. I always have some ideas. So if I don't feel good, I stay at home and just lie on the couch and eat chips, crisps and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Drink a beer and, uh, if I feel good, I don't know, next day I go out and do a 60K run flat in four-minute pace. Or...
0: It sounds like you've learned to listen to your body and when you need that recovery time to take it. But then also when you're out there, you can push yourself really hard if you need to.
1: Yes, yeah. I saw an Instagram photo because uh, I follow you on Instagram. Maybe a couple of days ago you were talking about recovery and you had your feet up and you are eating peanuts and drinking a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Those are like two of my favorite things, peanuts and beer. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's really good. I mean, proteins and and carbs. Beer. Yeah, carbs.
1: So now I have to ask you because I couldn't see it in the picture. So, Deutsches Bier oder Österreichisches Bier?
0: Deutsch, Deutsches Bier.
1: Am besten. Good milk. to drink
2: and yeah,
1: uh, this was a zwicke.
0: So, how did you get the idea of doing the fifty-k indoor treadmill record? Attempt?
1: Hey, we're still talking about beer. No,
0: we're not. <laughs> <laughs> it's also important. Moving on. <laughs>
1: And <laughs> she's like, "Let's let's move on." Yeah, that's a good question. We're gonna talk about your your amazing treadmill record because you ran 50k on a treadmill in two hours, fifty seven minutes, and twenty five seconds. So
0: that's intense.
1: I looked that up, and that's a five forty three per mile pace or a three thirty three per kilometer. So how'd you get the idea to do that?
2: Mm, I I was singing already in 2013 to do it. There it was like three oh six. Yeah, and. I said, okay, that's easy. I can do that. But then um, Michael Vaudian did it 259. And yeah. in, in January, Mario Mendoza did it 259.03. And I was already preparing for the record. And then I read, oh, Mario Mendoza 259.03. like,
0: I better do it quickly before someone else drops it further. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't. I didn't tell anyone and uh, did some secret training, <laughs> <laughs> but I I knew that I can do a 250 Z. Yeah, I talked to the guys in uh, the Red Bull um, center where I train sometimes, and then I said, okay, 250 257, 30 is possible. But when I did it last week, yeah, I felt pretty good, but I had some muscle problems, so lower back problems, and. Mm. Um, that was um one week before the iraq attempt i had some lower back issues and problems and then i felt it on a treadmill so i was not really um flowing
1: (laughs) you felt it the whole time Your back
2: yeah from the beginning so i it was not a pain but i didn't feel really relaxed and yeah so i just did what i did in training so the first 30k i did in Quite an easy pace and then I speeded up in the last 20k and I was feeling to run much faster but my muscles, I was afraid that they cramp up so I stayed calm until 45k and then I pushed a little the last 5k.
1: I saw that because I was watching the live stream.
2: (laughs) But I think I can do better but now I mean record is record and for me it was quite a good story and for uh, my sponsors, yeah for sure. But for me it was more like okay I had a good training block and uh, most important thing was to test how my training was going and you know, if I'm in a, in a good shape and it was more a test for the upcoming events than a uh, real
0: Nothing like having a strong mindset to be able to do that that far and that fast on the treadmill. What do you think about usually when you run especially when you're on a treadmill like that?
2: I don't think too much. Uh, I had a television in front. I was watching surfing films. Nice. <laughs> I was thinking, okay, let's flow the wave.
0: <laughs> I like it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and did not think too much. And uh, for me, it was also the, uh, a training on, I mean, 50K sounds to most of the people sounds crazy. But in end of March, I'm doing the 100K uh, German champs uh, next to Berlin. And the 100K there is on a 5K lap. So 20 laps. And I, I always say, okay, if if you can't do a 50k on a treadmill, which is just about three to, I mean, slower runners maybe four hours a run, if you can't do this, then you are not able to run 100k. So.
0: It was kind of a good proving ground for yourself. <laughs> good,
2: good uh, mental training, and yes. especially 100k on a 5k loop, it's also a little bit boring. So you sometimes you need to get used to boring stuff as well. So.
0: Exactly.
1: That's the hard part for me. It's just how boring it is to run on a treadmill. It's a sehr langweilig.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, sometimes it's, it's kind of boring, but I uh, split my run into, uh, for example, the 50k, I split it into parts, and I was just concentrating on the first 10k. I did that exactly in around 16.5 kilometers per hour, and then I concentrate on the next 10k to increase the speed a little bit, and it's just always i think in in parts not in the whole distance and yeah when i reached uh, 30k i knew already i can really do it and it's just 20k left
0: (laughs) i was impressed when you finished and you got off the treadmill and you like did this little dance and i was like he still is that agile that is pretty amazing
1: (laughs) energy left over
0: (laughs) exactly
1: how did you celebrate later that night I just went home and played with my little daughter. Oh, nice! And then some nuts, a beer, and just
2: relax. Not too much celebrating.
1: <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk about recovery for a minute. Do you have any tips on how to recover after a long, strenuous run? I like to go uh, to have a hot bath. See, that seems counterintuitive because most people talk about taking a cold bath afterwards. You I, know, I hate I hate the cold. <laughs> Eesh, <ow>. I, <laughs>
2: I hate it. Now for my muscles, I uh, I need uh, warm and hot stuff. I don't know what I sometimes do is um, if I run in summer and it's really warm outside and I do a long trail run, for example. I after the trail I sit down and put my legs in the river, in a cold river. That's okay, but I never go in a really in an ice bath or something. I prefer so this morning after we ran in the snow three hours and then I. Uh, went to the hot to my bath straight away and put some arnica oil in it. Yeah, then, yeah, anikar and then really warm bath. That's good. And the rest, I don't know. <laughs> I do nothing. Just
0: <laughs> just, just relaxing
2: on the on couch. <laughs> Not too much. I don't use protein shakes or something. I just yeah, just the only thing I do. Some uh, sometimes a hot bath and sometimes sauna. Mm. If I have the time to go to the sauna, it's also good. All the warm stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So a couple times you've mentioned running in the snow. Are you doing anything different for that or just wearing your normal trail shoes when you go out to run in the snow and normal socks?
2: Yeah, normal socks, um, normal shoes. Most of the time I don't wear waterproof ones, so my normal trail shoes.
1: You just get used to the having cold feet.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't get cold feet. But what's mm. important, I do put Vaseline on my feet. If I don't do this, I get blisters. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and, and so, I don't know, I saw that in, uh, I think, also Jim Wobbs and the other guys, they did it, and that helps to get no blisters.
1: Are you still running in
2: ons? Yes, yeah. I use, um, yeah, I'm not sure what I use for the 100K Cloud Flow or Cloud Flyer? I mean, Cloud Flow sounds better.
0: Yeah, it goes with your <laughs> name. <runs the> flow.
2: <laughs> but Cloud Flyer is more cushioned a little bit. Maybe I use Cloudflyer. We will see. <laughs> Good shoes. <laughs>
1: So, just to wrap up, where can people find out more about you? Let's give everybody your website.
2: Yeah, I'm on Instagram, like everybody. Or, <laughs> yeah, I use Instagram a lot. My name there is uh, Run with the Flow, all together, small letters, Run with the Flow. And there I write everything in English because yep. it's like inter- international.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dein English is besser als mein, mein Deutsch.
2: No, it's not good. Sounds good. So yeah in, in Instagram I, I write everything most in English and in uh, f- on Facebook I'm Florian Neuschwander my normal name but there I write more in German because I think most of the followers are German speaking.
1: And then tell us one more time what races you have the main ones that you're training for coming up this year.
2: So yeah um, end of March there's the 100k German Championships and there I want to qualify for the 100k road World Championships, and that's in would be in September in Winchoten in Holland, Netherlands. Nice. And first August there's the German Ultra Trail Championships, and that's funny because it's just on my home mountains in front of me.
0: Wow.
2: wow. Yeah. 100k with four and a half thousand vertical up and down. Wow. And in October maybe I will do a like a own project. And okay. uh, that's quite funny because it's um, Laufen is the um, German word for running, and there's a city in in Switzerland called Laufen. Okay. And there's a city in Austria called Laufen.
1: Wow. And
2: I will run uh, Laufen from Laufen to Laufen. You know.
1: <laughs> that's that's brilliant. I <laughs> weiß es nicht, Es gibt eine Stadt heißt Laufen in der Schweiz und auch in Österreich gibt es eine Stadt. Yeah. And
2: that's the, you can say, that's the whole um, south of Germany border. It's 580 K.
0: Wow.
2: And I just run from the left to the right from Germany. You can say the whole border and you cross like you have Switzerland, Austria and Germany crossing the border sometimes. And it's not like a competition. It's more like, okay, I want to show that I really like running. And everybody can join me. So it's, I, I want to do it as a life tracking stuff, and everybody can see where I'm actually, where I run, and everybody can join and run with me. Yeah.
0: That's awesome.
1: That's a brilliant idea.
2: And I want to do 80K per day or 100K, or it depends how I feel. If I feel good, I do 200K. Wow. If I feel bad, I do just a marathon. We
1: will see how it goes. See, my goal, kind of like what he's saying, Laufen in Laufen, I want to go to Essen. I and mean, then I'll be Essen in Essen.
2: <laughs> Essen in Essen.
1: <laughs> Essen is the you know in uh, north of Köln, Germany. Yeah. is the town of Essen, and then Essen is to eat. So I know. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> I want to go eat.
2: Yeah, they have also a good marathon.
1: Well, it's been great speaking with you, Florian, and congrats on your awesome uh, world record on the treadmill. Thank you very much. And we look forward to following your your journey.
2: Cool. Thank you very much.
1: So feeling donk.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Good to All right. Have a great night.
1: All right. Well, big thanks to Florian for speaking with us. Definitely check him out online. And thank you to On Running. Florian is one of their sponsored runners. It's a Swiss company. They make amazing running shoes.
0: Yeah, they have a full range of shoes for your whole lifestyle and apparel. And they really, the shoes are so comfortable. Yeah, I just realized that I think I started using them in February of 2019. And they are my favorite shoe. I mean, just my go-to. I wear the model called Cloud Swift for my road running. Um, All my recent marathons have been in those shoes. And for trails, I love the Cloud Venture. And they've got one like a Cloud Venture high top, which is great for hiking as well.
1: Yeah, they got great gear too. These uh, these joggers, running pants that they sent me. I think I wear them every day.
0: Yes. I'm like, I think you need to get a second pair. So those are getting washed more regularly.
1: <laughs> so yeah, check them out at on-running.com forward slash MTA. That's on-running.com forward slash MTA. You can test out their shoes firsthand and their gear. You can see a collection of all their most relevant products for performance and endurance runners. And by the way, they do Create content over there for home workouts if you're looking for some home workouts right now and articles to keep your spirit high. Look for the page that says Athletes Adapt where they're regularly posting workouts and inspiring stories uh, from their athletes to keep your motivation going. Just go to on-running.com forward slash MTA. And we'd also like to thank Magic Spoon. For sponsoring this episode. I'm really excited to have them as a sponsor. Do you guys remember Breakfast Cereal? When I was growing up, cereal is one of the best parts of being a kid, and I would usually like eat half a box <laughs> <laughs> because your yeah, metabolism is fast. But as an adult, you realize that all the cereals that you loved as a kid are really not healthy for you. They're like full of sugar and just all kinds of junk that I don't burn off now. So, along comes Magic Spoon. It's a new cereal that has discovered a way to recreate your favorite childhood food, but it has zero sugar, it has 12 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. Where has this cereal been my whole adult life?
0: (laughs) Yeah, they sent us um, their variety pack, their four flavors, so that we could try them. And I was literally like, where's the Magic Spoon cereal? Because I wanted to try it. And there's like one box left. And I'm like, hey... (laughs) Trevor ate three boxes by himself.
1: Not in one day, over the course of, uh, you know, a couple weeks.
0: So, yeah, that's... You snooze, you lose. That's an estimation of how much he loves it. Um, so, after my long run today as a snack, I had a bowl of the Frosted Magic Spoon Cereal, and it is very tasty. And the great thing is that you're getting lots of protein, so it's not one of those things that gives you a sugar high and then crashes you down, so you're starving like 30 minutes later.
1: Yeah, I noticed that. So, zero sugar, only three grams of carbs, 12 grams of protein, and they come in four flavors right now cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. And I mean, they're all great. I recommend them all. <laughs> They've spent over a year working with the best food scientists and chefs in the world to create the taste and texture of a classic sugary cereal, but it tastes so incredible, you'd never guess that it's actually healthy for you. It's keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, low carb, and GMO free. So, if you want to give it a try, go to magicspoon.com forward slash slash mta to grab a variety pack and be sure to use our promo code mta at checkout and you'll get free shipping
0: and magic spoon is so confident in their product it's backed with a hundred percent happiness guarantee so if you don't like it for any reason they'll refund your money no questions asked
1: that's magic forward slash mta use the code mta for free shipping and big thanks to them for sponsoring the podcast so now we thought it would be good to talk about ways to stay fit and healthy if you're confined to your house or can't go to the gym Uh, And do the things that you would normally do. I mean, we've been seeing some pretty interesting articles, like a guy that ran a marathon on his balcony. Did you see that, Angie? (laughs) Yes.
0: Uh, A few weeks ago, we saw one where a man ran a marathon in his house. This was in China at the beginning of the outbreak before it was really affecting us here in North America. You know, at the time, I kind of thought, wow, that's pretty extreme. But now that we're experiencing the social isolating and some of the restrictions, it's like, oh, I can see how you would be driven to that just to get in some activity and to burn off some stress.
1: Have you seen that meme going around where it's like the floor plan of someone's house And then underneath the text, it says, this is my marathon route.
0: (laughs) I haven't seen that one, but it was like, where should we go for spring break? And it's like the floor plan, like living room, (laughs) hallway, bedroom, (laughs) garage. Yes. So with basically all the races between now and who knows when canceled, it really can be challenging to stay motivated, especially when things are uncertain. Um, I know that I've been feeling more anxiety lately. And one thing that's really been helping me is to stay in my routine as much as possible. So sticking to my healthy eating plan, sticking to my routine of running and exercise, uh, going to bed early, you know, those are the kind of things that are helping me right now. And I really think that it's important to keep a larger perspective in mind and focus on how we can come through this stronger And I think we'll have a greater appreciation for the things that we took for granted previously. I mean, things like gyms and fitness facilities. I think before, the gym might have been something that people complained about. But now when it's taken away, it's like, oh, gyms and fitness facilities are so valuable. Things like group runs and just the ability to do races and have more regular schedules, the ability to go out whenever we want and have just normal socialization. I think those are things that... We've probably taken for granted and we're going to have a greater appreciation for now.
1: I would imagine that gyms and fitness facilities will see a huge spike in people joining after this is all over. Uh, Hopefully they will if they can make it through this tough time and also races. Um, You know, hopefully people are going to want to come back into these things in full force.
0: Yes, and I think it's important to remember that we don't have to run, we get to run. And for those of us who have been having to modify our routines, I think it's really something that is a great outlet for stress and anxiety. And it's just something that we can be so grateful for. So I think it's really important to move your body every day as a way to stay physically, mentally, and emotionally healthy. If you could still run outside, count your blessings, because there have been a few countries and cities that have instituted running bans, like Spain, for example. Or I just saw an article where in France, you can't go more than two kilometers from your home. I think during this time, it's important to utilize the online resources that we have available. There are a variety of great yoga and online fitness classes that can be accessed for free or even at a relatively low cost just to keep yourself cross training and keep yourself moving if you are not able to leave your house. It's also important to use what you have at home. There are so many great ways to exercise from your home, even if you don't have any equipment. And some of us have equipment at home, but maybe, you know, has kind of gotten pushed to the corner and gathering some dust. So this is a great time to dust it off. And even if you don't have any equipment, there are some great body weight exercises that you can do. I mean, things like push-ups, burpees, jumping jacks, mountain climbers, things like planks and side planks. Bicycle crunches, lunges, hip thrusts, squats, yoga flows, there's just a ton of things that you can do to not only get a good cardiovascular workout, but also to build strength. If you have stairs in your house or your apartment, you could run stairs. There's also a lot of running and mobility drills that you can be doing, like high knees, grapevines, donkey kicks, hip abduction exercises, where you're raising your leg out to the side. So there's a lot of great things that you can be doing that will help your running, even if you're not able to run right now.
1: So what's it looking like for you last couple days?
0: Well, I'm, like I said, very fortunate to be able to still run outside. So I've been able to keep up my normal mileage by doing that. And I've also been making a point to strength train several times a week. And we do have a pretty good setup in our basement. We've been collecting weights and different pieces of equipment over the years. You know, it's like for my birthday, I'll ask for something like TRX straps. (laughs) So we have those in our basement. So I know places like Amazon are currently sold out of home fitness equipment because that was one of the big rushes when people realized that they were going to be having to stay in their house to, you know, have more options to exercise and work out. We should point out that during a time like this, it is important to avoid overtraining because it can stress your immune system. So overexercising or doing things at a higher intensity than you're used to doing may not be the best thing for your body right now. So if you notice cold symptoms, be sure to back off the intensity of your workouts and give your body more rest and support. And I'm thinking overtraining is probably gonna apply to a very, very small minority of people who are isolating right now. I mean, I think probably over-snacking and over-sitting are probably far greater dangers than overtraining, but it is something that's important to realize that you don't wanna stress out your immune system any more than it has to be right now.
1: I think the snacking part, I've slipped up on that one because it kind of feels like a special situation. (laughs) So I've been kind of letting my my eating just kind of be all over the place. And yesterday I went for a run, came back, and I'm like, oh, the beer and cookies didn't sit well with that run.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Watch out for the COVID-19 pounds.
1: (laughs) COVID-19 pounds, there you go. I've
0: seen memes like that. One question that we've received a lot lately is about treadmills. People have been asking us about what treadmill we have and for some tips on purchasing a treadmill. So we thought we would give a few of those right now because maybe at this point in history you are thinking a treadmill would be a great addition to your home gym and It is an investment, so it's something that you don't want to rush into without thinking through a few variables. The first variable to look at is your budget. You need to figure out what you can realistically spend and know that you often get what you pay for. Treadmills that are priced at less than $500 are often not made to withstand the rigors of regular running because they have less powerful motors and they have shorter running decks. So you want to look for a motor that has at least a 3.0 horsepower. And when it comes to the running deck, you typically want a length of at least 50 to 60 inches for running. And if you're a tall runner or you have a really long stride, you probably want to go more towards the 60 and above. And you also want it to be at least 18 to 20 inches wide. I think we've all run on those maybe hotel treadmills where you feel like the thing is just like a complete clunker.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think there's some treadmills I've seen and have been on. I just don't think they're made to hold up under um, how much Angie runs on ours.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. So if you're going to be using it um, several times a week or be more than one person using it, you definitely want to get a beefier model. And a lot of those really small, portable, foldable treadmills are really only made for walkers.
1: Do you remember the luck that we had with treadmills for years and years?
0: Well, I, b- I remember we borrowed one from someone and then and we almost broke it.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> so like quick, give it back before it dies. <laughs> and then I remember I was helping my parents move and they gave me their old treadmill that they never used. It was in their downstairs. And so I drove from California to Missouri where we were living at the time. So made all that effort to drive it out with some other stuff. We set it up, plugged it in, didn't even use it one single time. We had an electrical storm and the thing it, it just surged and it fried. And like at night, uh, it started smoking and frying. Thankfully, your mother was staying with us, and she was in that room with our youngest son, who was still a baby. So she woke us up and said, "Something's burning in here."
0: Oh, I remember the story now. Yes, yes, the treadmill that almost burned us to death. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no one's gonna want to buy one after that story.
0: <laughs> no, just get a good one. That's that's the moral of the story, I think. Do your research and make a list of features that for you are non-negotiable. When we purchased our treadmill that has finally been a good one and not a clunker, I knew we needed a fairly powerful motor, so at least three horsepower or above. It needed a large enough deck to accommodate a good running stride, and we wanted an incline and decline feature. But there's also tons of other features that you can get. You know, there's ones with built-in screens that have phone docking capability, USB, the capability to stream workouts or simulated courses. So you often pay more for more technology. So decide how important that's going to be to you as well.
1: Yeah, people ask us what kind we have. And I'm always hesitant to say, because we haven't tested a bunch of treadmills, so this is the only nice one we've owned. So I don't know if we would necessarily recommend it over other models and makes, but we have a ProForm Pro 2000.
0: And it's a model from a few years ago. Um, Often in January, you can buy the year before models and get a good deal on them. So I think we spend about $1,000. But it's been a good treadmill. We did get the warranty because we've already had to replace the running belt because –
1: some kids broke it.
0: Some kids broke it. <laughs> but it gets pretty heavy use in our household, and so I've been really happy with it. Other brands that come highly recommended include Woodway, Landis, Precore. Those are all very expensive ones. I will interject. The Peloton gets high marks. Nordic track, Soul, and then, like I said, we have a ProForm. And often they have several different models within that brand, you know, different price points, different features. So knowing what kind of features that you want can be really helpful to narrow down the one that's going to work for your running and for your space as well. And you can also check out secondhand options, places like Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist and the like. Of course, you don't really know in what good a shape they're going to be. That's also an option if you want to be a little more risky and, and look for a really good deal.
1: Yeah. And this episode kind of has a treadmill theme to it. We want to play one more quick conversation with one of our coaches who lives in China. He's going to talk about what it's been like uh, being in self-isolation with his family and how they have held up, how he's maintained his fitness. And we'll talk about treadmill training because he's also trained for a whole marathon just exclusively on the treadmill before... And he also has some positive words for everyone dealing with the the virus that we've all heard about. (laughs) So here's our conversation with MTA coach, Chris Gallaty. Okay. I'm speaking now with coach Chris Gallaty. He is a sub three hour marathoner and a triathlete living in China. Chris, how do things look from your perspective right now?
3: Well, we've lived here for the past four years, but we've been here since the coronavirus outbreak really the the first The first couple of weeks were were pretty intense. Um, I think a lot of the intensity was just the uncertainty around what was happening. You know, me and my family would would spend every day kind of wondering to ourselves, you know what's happening, what's going on, um watching the news, not sure what was what was doing, not sure what we should do. A lot of people were were leaving the country saying it's it's time for us to go back. Um, to the United States, or to go somewhere we weren't sure about flying yeah. um, and so we we made the decision that that it was best just to stay put um, to stay at our house um, here in China and to kind of hunker down and so um, what we found was that really you know the first four to five weeks were really kind of kind of very quiet. Uh, Chinese people um, all kind of just stay at home. There was a stretch where the streets were essentially empty. Um, not many people were out, except if you needed to kind of do your grocery shopping or whatever. Um, and there was a, a lot of stress. Um, yeah. But we found that after a couple of weeks of that, kind of things started to settle and return to normal a little bit. I think what what part of what I've been trying to tell people, particularly now as we as we watch the news coming from America, is that we can see that same kind of stress and that same kind of intensity that's that that we found back in February, happening in the U.S. right now. And and hang in there, everybody. Um, It it does get better. Um, It takes a few weeks. Um, There's a few weeks where it it is pretty intense, but it does improve. And and we just need to kind of all just kind of hunker down, spend a lot of time at home, and we'll all get through it.
1: So how many weeks have you guys been self-isolating there at home?
3: Well, it was January 20th that we started. A lot of what we're doing is just spending time with our family. So I've got my my wife and we have our our two boys. It's been one of kind of the pleasant surprises of kind of being in this situation for the past eight weeks is that that we actually kind of enjoy each other enough that we've spent a good portion of of these eight weeks together and uh, we've had some fun with it. That's good. You know, and I, I think that's an important one to take advantage of. Um, so we would go for walks together. We'd go for bike rides together. Um, we have a small little compound here, so we could kind of stay within our compound and not go out. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that they're doing here, they still do in China, wherever you go, they're doing temperature checks. So, so for example, if we leave our compound And we want to return to the compound. You know, if you have a temperature, then they might, you know, record you and watch you more. And so staying in the compound makes, makes it so much easier. But everywhere you go, there's always temperature checks. But we'll get through all this. Like I said to you earlier, um, it was about four weeks or so where it was really intense here in China, but then it started to quiet down a little bit and start to return to a little bit of normalcy. Um, so the past couple weeks here in, in China, even though we're still kind of in you know self-isolation and our, our school hasn't returned yet, there haven't been any new cases. And uh, and for the past couple weeks, there's been um, a certain level of normalcy here.
1: So you've been working from home, and your kids. Of course, the school's been canceled. So how has that worked out with kind of homeschooling your kids during this time?
3: You know, it's um, it's been a juggling act. Um, <laughs> you know, we're on. A, <laughs> we're going to start week six now. We just finished week five of online learning um, with our children. Um, we've got two boys, so one is in uh, first grade and one is in fifth grade. I think the hardest part is is you know, making sure that they're on task, but also trying to balance our own work that we need to do, but also then balance that with maintaining our house, but then also spending some time maintaining our own sanity and uh, and our own wellness. And for me, that was exercise. Yeah. So I found that that if I didn't, you know, carve out a good 45 minutes or an hour every day to get a little bit of exercise, I'd start to lose my kind of my uh, sanity,
1: are you exercising at home or are you going out and running outside?
3: Um, occasionally, I'll go out and go for a run outside. And that hasn't been a, a problem too much. Um, okay. in, in China, everybody wears a mask still. Whenever we go outside, um, we've had to put masks on. And uh, they're starting to kind of um, lift that restriction a little bit. But there was a stretch where even um, even if we were running you took your mask off because it was really hard to run with a mask on. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have, you could see that people were kind of staring at you. And so, I've, yeah, I've gone. I've done a little bit of running outside, um, but a lot more often I just find that it's just easier for me to exercise inside. But either way, I found that if I didn't take a little bit of time for myself, it, it just made it for a pretty um, harder day than than usual.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. So give folks an idea of Some stuff that they can do at home to uh, keep their running fitness built if they can't go run outside.
3: Yeah, it was it was really fun. Um, All of us coaches were kind of chatting about that on on Facebook. But I really like some of the ideas that people had, you know, shorter, shorter distance workouts, getting in kind of more sprints, uh, more interval training. I think there's also a lot of um, a lot of drills that can be done kind of in the backyard if you need to. And some of that is to kind of work on that core functional strength. Exactly, um, and also you know, go into that backyard and and do some form running drills. But I think there's also opportunities to just go for a short run with the sole purpose of that run. The intent of that run is just to provide wellness for me. And if that means that I'm going to stop and walk a little bit, if I'm going to um kind of just just make it a much more easier run and not focus on my pace. During this stretch, it's a lot of it is about kind of building that sanity
1: um and yeah.
3: and having that balance in your life.
1: So do you guys got a treadmill at home?
3: We got the treadmill. I've got a, a exercise bike, so we do I do a lot of cross training on the bike when I need to. Hop on the treadmill when I have to. Yeah.
1: I remember we talked to you on the podcast a couple of years ago about treadmill training because one time you trained for a whole marathon just exclusively on the treadmill. And, and yeah. why was that? Where were you living at the time?
3: At that point, we were living in, in Bangladesh. Okay. Uh, and it was just too hot, too humid, too difficult to do a lot of training outside. So, you know, you had to work with what you were given. And for me, mm-hmm. that was turning on the air conditioning and running indoors. And I made it work. You know, you got you to gotta work with what you have sometimes.
1: Spending so much time together with uh, your treadmill, did you become kind of a uh, connoisseur of treadmills? Do you have any preferences on what you like to have in a treadmill?
3: You know, for me, it's one that, that I'd say not not about the, the the preferences. You know, does it have the fans or the, the nice TV screen or you know the the Bluetooth connection? That that to me is is irrelevant what what to me is important is what is the the deck on the treadmill like what is the width of the treadmill is it um yeah there's some treadmills i've run on where it's the surface is so maybe not springy but you can just tell that it's just not of a good solid quality i feel like i'm about to break it or something
1: so you don't care about the bluetooth or the tv screen so people are probably wondering how do you keep your mind occupied for three hours or two hours when you're on the treadmill
3: yeah you know a lot of times i would Prop my uh, my laptop up on the side and put a movie on or something. But I found when I when I really got into kind of the longer runs, when I was really training for you know the marathons on the treadmill, I, I found that I just just got to a moment you know where my mind could just wander a little bit, and and I kind of you know hit that that Zen moment that we all get when we're running long distances where it just kind of feels kind of just natural. Nice. Um, and then the time would would start to fly right by. So that for me was was kind of the the key moment when I could get to that level where I could run for two two and a half three hours on the treadmill, and it just it just went.
1: <laughs> Treadmill's in. It's out there, guys. Just keep pursuing it, right? <laughs> Treadmill's in. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, if you can achieve that on the treadmill, which for most people is incredibly boring for myself included, then I can just imagine how helpful that will be when you're out on the roads or the trails. It's all about building up the toughness of our minds.
3: It's true. I mean, it's it's so much of a mental game as much as it is a physical one.
1: Well, thanks for the update. I'm glad that it feels like things are returning back to normal there. And hopefully it will uh, soon and the rest of the world. Thanks for giving us all the encouraging word that we're going to get through this. And if we all have to self-isolate, it it is an opportunity to get closer to our family. It's cool that you guys have actually enjoyed the time you've uh, got to spend together and that we can still keep our fitness going.
3: Yeah, you know, it's it's we're we're gonna get all through this. You know, it's just 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 give it some time, spend some time at home, use this opportunity to kind of just reflect on your running and find ways to kind of have that balance in your life through exercise when you need it.
1: And if you have a treadmill, go and try to find the treadmill zen moment. There you go. <laughs> thanks, Chris. Stay well and uh keep up the great work.
3: Yeah, thanks, Trevor. Good talking to you.
1: All right, big thanks to Chris Gallaty for taking time to speak with me. They're 12 hours ahead, so we talked at 10 in the morning, which was 10 at night for him. And we do have 11 coaches on the team at the moment and clients all over the world training with us. If you want to learn more about the MTA coaches and the coaching program and how we help runners conquer the marathon distance or get faster in the marathon or half marathon, deal with injuries and all the stuff that we do, you can learn about that at MarathonTrainingAcademy.com over on the coaching page. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for being a listener. Stay well out there. And like I've heard so many people tell me, and I think it's true, that we're going to get through this and hopefully we're going to emerge from it stronger. So let not your hearts be troubled and we will catch you guys on the next episode. Remember, you have what it takes to run a marathon and change your life. Right on my way, right on my way.